Hey there, fellow nerds and ne'er-do-wells, I'm AJ, and welcome to the Adventurers Anonymous podcast, the home of improvised fantasy fucknuggetry. Come join us week by week as a rotating cast of geeks sip cocktails, play Dungeons and & Dragons, and seek a glorious death. Now then, don't forget to check out our patron feed where we have all sorts of exclusive content for you. We've got one-shots, we've got fan fiction, we've got maps to go with uh, some of the episodes... And we've got an announcement coming up that you probably won't want to miss. Or, depending on if you're listening to this in June next year, you've already missed it. But, you know, all I'm saying is there's lots of quality content to get your, your, your chop stuck into. If that's even an expression. Who knows? So without further ado, go grab yourself a drink, pull your chair closer to the fire, and come join Chris, Matt, Chan, and myself for this week's episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> you, you can use that as, a, as an emergency backup intro. What? <laughs> yeah. Shan, have you got any jingles? All right. We're, we're already banned in Russia. The, the entire nation of Thailand hates us. We're banned in Russia. Let's not infringe on anyone else's copyright. Just been, I've just got a takedown notice from YouTube, which is weird because we're recording this live. And we're not on YouTube. <laughs> and we're not on YouTube. <laughs> right. So, you've heard all their voices already, but I'll introduce them all the same. We've got the Queen of Croydon herself, Chanel Williams. How are you doing? Hello. You look like you want to kill someone. I'm alive and I am living my most mediocre life. Okay. Mediocre. If you were, a, if you were like a wall colour, what would you be of paint? If you were a paint chart colour, what's the most mediocre paint colour? Currently, I would be the blood of my enemies. I see. That's a legitimate wall paint colour, apparently. That's, that's on the Dulux chart somewhere. It is. Shout out to Dulux. We also have the king of house sitting himself, Mr. Chris Neal, who is deputising for Mr. Rag, looking after his home and pets. How are you doing, sir? Excellent. Uh, I only have one scar from Gizmo from uh, our first meeting on Saturday. Uh, and since then, he's spent the whole time warily padding around my feet in the office. So we're in a good place. And Luna's great. Luna's fantastic. Is this, are these pets or people you've gone on dates with? I'm not entirely sure what's... Uh, it's, it's... What's Gizmo? It's questionable. Gizmo is Chris and Kerry's cat. Ah, okay, okay, okay. So this week, so this week I'm looking after three pets and two homes. And obviously we have the Crocoborn King himself, fresh from the sauna. Need to get some new material to introduce this man. It is Matt Durant himself. How are you doing, sir? Seventy percent. Did you did you just roll a dice check for your own well being? I did to find out. I think that's a joke from Futurama or ah. something. But um, actually, yeah, I feel about seventy percent. He's about seventy percent. What good. fulfilled, healthy, like just just meanness. Okay, you feel about the, 70%. the quality of being me. I'm at seventy percent. Okay, I'm happy that's with that. Good, right? Whom amongst you would like a recap? Me. Yes. 
it's, a lot's gone on, I feel. And Chanel has done her very best to derail this podcast in, in true Chanel style. She's done her absolute best. So let's have a little recap and see just how badly Chanel has ruined the narrative. G-O-A-T. G-O-A-T. All right. Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a young people thing, I think. It is. I thought you were going in completely the other direction. I thought you said UAT. I thought you were just, I thought you were just saying, I'm just testing this yeah, podcast. UAT. To its, to its limits. <laughs> dot net. Dot net. Nothing, nothing's going to get us that explicit tag on the podcast charts, <laughs> like talking about work. All right. Mm. <laughs> Last we left off with our intrepid adventurers, Belsia was just waking up the morning after that date with Algarundi. Swaddled in the finest silk sheets, Belsiar arose from his bed, sore and tired, rubbing his swollen cloaca. The smell of a full-cooked breakfast downstairs drawing him to meet his dragonborn paramour. After saying their good mornings and sharing their future intentions for each other, the adventuring party was reunited as Belsiar went to meet them to do a spot of shopping at Algarundi's magic shop. Tati started the process off by having his jewels examined to make sure they were authentic and managed to negotiate their sale to Al for a princely sum of gold. As the party perused the finest wares in the shop, spurred on by their newfound wealth, Maud inquired about a set of earrings that allowed the user to magically eavesdrop on people once attuned to them. Finding the cost of these magical accessories to be far too rich for her taste, she opted to attempt to steal them instead, swallowing them along the way. Naturally, Algarundi took umbrage at this crass display of thievery and demanded payment, which Maud unpolitely declined. Cometh the hour, cometh the man. Jeremy stepping up with a kosh to protect the honour of his employer. Marvin took one look at this ridiculous display of chivalry, sensing Maud was in danger, murdered Jeremy in cold blood, tearing out his throat. Not hard to imagine that things escalated quickly from here, and Algarundi locked himself in the stockroom out back, sealing the shop doors with the adventuring party inside. And that is where we are going to pick up with this week's episode. I would like to make a case for Marvin's, uh, for Marvin's self-defense. Please. Right. So there'll be time for that at the trial. <laughs> I was about to say, say but not 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 the public trial where where we get where we get dragged out in front of a court of yeah. law. I'm talking about the the th- the full 360 degree performance review that we have to do together as a party every every short every short rest. That's right. Okay. Can I get can I get um, a recap on the layout of this building? Because we've been here a couple. This is like the second time we've been here, isn't it? Yeah. Can I just get a recap on the layout of this building and where Al went when he locked all the doors? Bit of a recap on the building. You've got a front door. As you come in the front door, you are presented with two rows of clothes and armour. You can walk to the left, the right, and down the middle. So in the middle of the shop are two rows. And all the way down the far end of that is a desk, which Al had been sitting behind with a door behind it. So the front door are at the north and south, if you wish. The front door's at the north, and if you were to look at it on a compass, Al has vanished to the south. There is glass windows to the front of the shop by the front door, but solid walls down each side, as this is terraced shop. And along each wall are various shelves with all sorts of trinkets and magical items. Uh, As you're facing down the shop to the right are loads of items, 
And to the left, as you're facing down the shop, would be bits of armor, etc. With the lighter clothes and magical items being on hangers down the middle. With the shop, if that makes sense. So it's almost like three aisles, if you will. A left aisle, a yeah, middle aisle, and a right. Yeah, because there's the, the, two, the two main rows down the middle and then on each side of that. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, okay. Can I... Do the, the windows on the, uh, at the front of the shop, do they have, do they have curtains or blinds um, I can draw? It's... Oof. Yes. There are thick um, crushed velvet curtains and various candles which have been lit. And you see there's uh, joysticks. The whole place smells like a hippie retreat. There are various quite potent joysticks burning their incense into the air. Okay. First thing I want to do is I would like to uh, close the curtains or draw the blinds, however you want to... You said they were like thick velvet. I'll draw the curtains. Yeah, they're crushed. They're crushed velvet. Uh, almost like drapes, if that makes sense. They're very heavy, and they sort of hang to the floor and then overhang the floor a little bit, so they drape along the floor. Cool. Um, I'll um, uh, turn the open close sign around as well. Well, this this is what I was thinking. Is that in the window, or is or is that do do we think that that would be on the other side of the door, which well, is the now door, locked? As you noticed at the end of the last episode, has been magically sealed. So as much as the door is there. Um, you do notice on the nearest window to the door, there is an open for business, closed for business sign if you wish to. Cool. I'll flip, I'll flip that round. Give, give Belsiar a quick one shot finger gun. Um, you also notice on the floor by that sign are various other little signs he can pop up that say things like, um, out for lunch, back in five, uh, doctor's appointment and (laughs) on a date, back and on. (laughs) Uh, which he can pop up in the window for a special occasion. I'll I'll take the open close sign off and I'll put the doctor's appointment sign on, uh, so that so that everyone can understand the narrative based on people having seen the one yesterday that said on a date. <laughs> now he's gone for a doctor's appointment. Um, STI check. His, his closest friends now think he has the clap. I'll put the doctor's appointment one on and I'll close the curtains. Um, I would love to if you'd let me. Um, I'll let you. Investigate, investigate the, the lock on the front door, uh, whether it's something that, whether it's a regular lock that also has a magical effect or if it's just magically sealed and there's nothing I can do with mundane tools. From the look of it, just from, well, I guess you're making some sort of investigation, are you? Yeah, I think it would be investigation. Yeah, you can make me a straight-up investigation check just to peruse the nature of this lock, if you wish, yes. 17. 17! It's a pretty, you know, mechanically, it's, it's much of a muchness. It's, it's a knob on a faceplate with a keyhole in it. Uh, you go to waggle the knob, and uh, it's pretty stiff. This just sounds filthy now that I say it out loud. You know what I mean. You, uh, you give the knob a good shake, and it's, it's locked in place. Um, and as you look closely, you see round the edge of where the seal of the door is, you see a purple glow on all four sides. Ceiling underneath the door, round the top and the sides of the door, it's emanating a purple, so a hot pink purple glow. Okay. Um, 
Now, what I would like to do is I'd like to check the other door that Algarundi went through. Mm-hmm. If if I'd I'd love to I'd love to scurry over there stealthily so that he doesn't know that I'm going up to the door, um, and then I'd like to investigate it in a similar way. Okay, basically to see which one is a, a suitable exit. So walking down the length of the shop, taking in various uh, bits of magical armors, you see cloaks and you see helmets, shields, you see all sorts of things. Um, Barbara following you with the uh, Seamus, the stuffed owl in her mouth as she crushes down on Seamus as he makes a pathetic little uh, which roughly translates Luna's going to go mad at that. Kill me now. Um, As you step over the rapidly cooling form of Jeremy, who is by the side of the desk, uh, the pool of blood collecting around his, his torn throat as you go up to the the door at the back, now has a roller shutter rolled down over the front of it. What like, like a, you s- a roller shutter, like over over a glass pane in the door? Well, just over the door. You can't see the door behind anymore because there's a roller shutter over the top of it. Like a like a metal one. Ah, okay. That's the fella. Chanel's murdered someone in a shop before. She knows the procedure. Roller shutters come down. Alarms go up. Would it be a good idea if Belthia Death on Isle Three knocks on the, the shutter and, and, and just gently calls out Ow Okay. He does that. You hear a very reticent shuffle of feet as a voice says Bell, what has happened? There's been a a, a, a little bit of <laughs> uh, I'm not sure what the the Latin word would be. It's a bit more than infanticide, maybe a bit less than homicide. A, a side has happened. Oh, Jeremicide. <laughs> you could say you could say Jeremicide has has occurred, uh, or Je- Jeremy Slaughter. Jeremy Slaughter. Now, Bell. Yes, I have a reputation to uphold in the community. Jeremy was on community service. I put a good word in for him, and working with the local council, I gave him this opportunity to rehabilitate himself. And rehabilitate himself, he was doing well, until his life was cut short. Now, yes, he had a wet hacking cough, and quite frankly, his life expectancy was probably short anyway. But the boy had potential, and he was ripped from this earth too soon. Now, this reflects badly, not only on you as my lover, but also on me as a member of community. If word gets out that children are murdered in my store, well, I will be the laugh of town. Maud overhears this, because she's got big bat ears, and feeling slightly aggrieved for Marvin, he was only sticking up for her, um, only defending, you know, his best friend. Who had committed theft. No, no, no. <laughs> One issue at a time. Don't 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 talk to me about the consequences of my actions. Exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Um, Maud would like to like to um, bring a solution to the group. Um, one that Al might be happy with because it okay. builds his standing in the community. Um, and one. That- I also I I also have a similar solution. So okay. if you want to suggest your if you want to suggest your solution, okay. I can suggest okay. mine as well. Al says. 
Oh, wonderful. A brainstorming session. Hold on. Let me get some crackers and dip <laughs> as you hear him shuffle off. Get, get me some. And come back. He's like, okay, shoot. So, um, I would like to suggest that uh, through uh, magical methods, we incinerate Jeremy's body. And looking around this beautiful store, I can see that there are many plants, beautiful, beautiful, um, slightly drooping, uh, amazing greenery. And I suggest that we use hacky little Jeremy who wouldn't have lasted, wouldn't have lasted a Victorian winter. And we use him, we use his spirit to impart health into the plants and then we open a garden in memory for all of the enslaved and ne'er-do-wells of the area. Um, I'd like to I'd like to add to Maud's solution actually because this is absolutely wild. She's found the missing piece of the puzzle in my uh, in my suggestion. Um, I'm gonna just I'm, I'm gonna just like knock on the. Uh, the roller shutter door just to let um, Algarundi know that I'm I'm stood next to Belsiar. And I'm going to say, um, so you know what's happened could be could be bad for both of us. But I guess what what you're kind of saying is that we have we have an opportunity here to avoid mutually assured destruction between our two between our two parties. Well, I mean. Yes, I hear your plans. Why do you believe I have blood on my hands? My hands are spotless. Well, it's, it's, no, you, you're the one that just said that this would reflect badly on you in the community. Yes, it would, but not as badly as it will reflect on you in the community, because... No one, no, no one here, Al, is saying that you're guilty of, of this crime, but people who aren't here, I'm sorry to say, may see you as guilty of this crime. And I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. Like you say, you have a reputation to uphold. Your shop uh, has a has a good has a good standing for the people of Nicodranus, especially in such trying times. Uh, and I just like wave my hand out the door to like the where the, the dragon turtle darling, is beached. Darling, are you trying to gaslight? <laughs> no, no, you're the one that just said that you have a you have a, a reputation in the community to uphold. I never would have mentioned anything if not. I think this is. This is not going down. I think this is an opportunity. All right. I think this is an opportunity. Make me. I've not. I've not said my piece yet. (laughs) I've barely fucking said anything. Okay. Here we go. I think we have an. I think we have an opportunity here, Al. Uh, While this relate. While this relationship between our two parties is on rocky ground at the moment, I think what you've seen here today. Uh, maybe a good uh, a good proof of concept, shall we say, uh, of our abilities as an adventuring group. And I would like to propose a business partnership between our two parties. <laughs> if you if you would like to know more, I'm I'm here. Are you finished? Yes. What the hell does this look like? An episode of The Apprentice. Look, you committed murder in my shop. But I tell you what. Uh, it's not matter. It is goatee defense. Goatee defense. Well, I look forward to this in the little tattle. Goatee defense. As you 
have gone about this, you can make me, one of you can make me a persuasion check. Oh, oh, hold on. So, so I want to strategize here. I want to strategize. I'm plus five. I have plus six. Oh, you win. And I knock on the shutter. I'm like, oh, we're just going to strategize. We'll, we'll get back to you. <laughs> what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, rather than all of us doing it or two of us doing it, we could say one person does it with advantage. If if Who the you DM get an will advantage allow from, dear God, this is help, like d- this is like the twenty five percent. This is like the twenty five percent discount shit all over again. Stop adding five percent on. <laughs> it's the help action. We're really oh, clever. God. I don't know what you're. Yeah. So I'm gonna roll. I, I'm gonna roll with advantage because because Maud has given me the help action. Yes, queen. And I'll be the one setting the difficulty rating on this. Don't forget. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go on. Right. You got your little as Algorand. I'm rolling. I'm rolling. As Al as Algorandi. Algorandi's like, don't worry, darling. Take your time. I've got some delightful date bread here and a little mm. baba ganoush. A baba ganoush. Can you slide a little under the shutter for me? As you you see some like purified aubergine just squidging out of a gap in the roller shutter and sliding the little hand. front as a piece of date bread just gets pushed underneath. There you go, Belle. Got to keep your stamina up. Um, I got an eighteen. Right. As he's like. Quite frankly, I don't know. All we have to do, really, is wait here until the authorities get here. I'll tell them everything. And then, well, I imagine they'll probably be here in 15 minutes or so. Sounds about right. Um, I'm just going to turn to Belsiar and say, can you still, can you still create bonfires? Um, I mean, I've got, I've got a flint. Um, I'm, I'm not going to burn my, my, my first... Lay out. <laughs> wow. You've had your first lay now. There are lots of other. That's not what I was suggesting, and I just gesture to Jeremy's corpse. Viking style. I, I, I has had has some has Tatty hit his head? If we start a fire inside a confined space, what do you think's going to happen? There's windows. We can get out. <laughs> I'm can saying. I thought the door was. I'm, I'm saying this loudly so that so that Algarundi can hear. By the way, listeners, I think this just turned into the ultimate escape room episode. That wasn't intentional, but I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this is a ball episode. We're spending too much on big budget <laughs> this location will, shoots. This will not. <laughs> this will not be a bottle episode. This is a bottle episode. The wall-to-wall facial expressions are enough. Where and what are Hanash and Aristobulus doing? Hanash is uh, picking up as many magical items as he can. Okay. Uh, Aristobulus is still dressed. If you remember, Aristobulus borrowed half the items out of Jumescent's Turbure's uh, dress-up drawer as he's still wandering around, like, waddling around with three pairs of trousers and a frock. Um, what's Marvin doing, Chanel, since he killed Jeremy? Is he, ri- is he riddled with guilt? No. Marvin, um, we have... I'm looking at Marvin and I've realised that Marvin has a very different look in his eyes now. Um, it's like he has untapped potential that he's realised. 
God. Um, He's got blood on his puffer jacket. So Marvin now has realised that he is no longer just goat. Marvin is the goat. Uh-huh. Okay. He's, he's realised that he has ascended. He's not just a basic form anymore. He is to be feared. Okay. Um, so Marvin now has, in a very similar way to um, a commando where they get the, mm-hmm. the, the stripes of mud on their face, or cricketers. Yeah. Those are dangerous. <laughs> yes. Uh, Marvin has taken stripes of blood on his face as, as a marking that he should be feared. And he's making Somewhere all kinds of, like, goatee stances. Somewhere right now, somebody is drawing Marvin with blooded hoofs, just scraping <laughs> them across the front of his billy goat face. Yeah. Rambo style. Rambo. So Marvin's accessorizing. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I presume Lady is just following you around, Hattie. Uh, yeah, Barbara's with me. One day I'll get her name right. Barbara's with you. Yeah. Can I hear Algarundi on the other side of the, the shutter door? Is he, is he shuffling around? Uh, is he you just can just hear there? the gentle crumbling of date bread and the squishy dipping of baba ganoush. Uh, little broken into the cheese sticks. As a very calm dragonborn voice says, and don't think that I haven't... UV penned all the items in here. I will find them if you try and pawn them. Not after they've been through my digestive tract, you won't. <laughs> yes, good luck shitting out a broomstick, you witch. <laughs> uh, yes. Tick tock, tick tock. Let's play a little can... game. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just gonna look at I'm just gonna look at Belsiar and just say, do you wanna I just gesture to the hat of disguise and say, Do you wanna just disguise yourself as as him and we can you know <laughs> Then I'll just be disguised as Ogrundy locked inside a... But then if the Popo arrive, we can we can, I can explain everything. You can explain everything. Yeah. Okay. Um have disguise turn into Ogrundy um and um I don't actually have create bonfire anymore, so I'm just gonna have to set set Jeremy on fire the old fashioned way. But I can use control flames to stop it from I'm gonna make it a funeral are you, pyre. Are you telling but me I don't want to burn down the shop. Died ten minutes ago and you've got two flints out and you're trying to <laughs> spark a child to death. <laughs> just trying to just trying He's to get dead. We're just barbecuing yeah. him. How the fuck are you going to set yeah. someone on light? What, what, are you trying to, what, what are you using to make a fire? I don't think you really can just hit some flints together and set, set a body on fire. Is there, any, is there any wood? Can we break a chair or something? Yeah. There's the desk. Hang on. I mean, there's... Hang on. Honash has got, got a tinderbox, so Honash yeah. is going to make a fire. Honash is going to set the body on fire. Belsia, you're disguised as Algarundi. I have an idea. Right. Honash is going to light the body on fire. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to I'm going to crack a window. Uh and uh and Belsiar's going to go out dressed as Algarundi and if people start drawing attention to it, uh Al over here can be like, "Help someone. Someone came into my shop and killed someone." Um foolproof. Right. So what are you doing? What are you doing first in this process? 
Well, Hanash is going to set the body on fire. So Hanash gets his tinderbox out and starts whittling away trying to make a fire, at which point Aristopulus arrives holding the candles that we talked about earlier, which are still lit, as he's uh, like, can I help you with this? Good, that's... Yeah, that makes sense. As the waxy tallow candles that Aristobulus is holding, that are given off a hit, they're, they're scented. Sandalwood and sea, sea, seaweed. The most disappointing. Sea, 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 sea. Weed. It's uh, Mexican seaweed. <laughs> seaweed. Uh, nope. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Mexican sandal. Mexican scented candles. Sandalwood. And sandalwood and seaweed. <laughs> Aristobulus uses um, Jeremy's like eye sockets as candle holders. Just there we are. Just, just get the fire Jesus started. Christ, there's just two candles sticking out of Jeremy's now burst <laughs> eye sockets. Yep. Uh, can I? Can Maud start singing "We Didn't Start the Fire"? Because it seems like a very <laughs> opportune time for an eighties. You know, <laughs> we didn't start the fire. Um, as you basically hear a rat a tat tat. On the front doors. Is there like a little peephole I can... We can't open the door, can you we? You can't open the door, but there's little glass plates. Um, currently, there's a, there's a velvet curtain pulled across the door, but there are glass plates in the door behind the okay, curtain. It's, it's my time to shine. I go to it and I pull the curtain and I'm like, Yes, darling! You... <laughs> are, you are you currently disguised as Al Rundy? Two thumbs up from Tatty, just just underneath you. Just Brilliant. like two thumbs up. <laughs> so as you get to the door, what you're presented with in front of you is uh, a gnome and a kenku standing at the door. Uh, I'm just going to the doctor's and the shop's closed. You hear the gnome say, All right, yeah, sorry, uh, there was a report of a disturbance here. You you called in uh, theft and assault. I did. I did. Uh, you you must be the constabulary. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Uh, I'm Don Sodomy, and this is my partner <laughs> Carl Woodcraft. As the Kenku is like Woodcraft, Woodcraft. <laughs> well, Don, <laughs> you sound like a man I might like to get to know. Ah, oh, sorry, I got my names wrong. I'm Carl Sodomy, and this is my partner, Don Woodcraft. As the Kenku's like, Bellend, Bellend. <laughs> As you, you, you see the two police officers there. Um, all right, yeah, we've had a disturbance report, so we're going to have to come in and check the place out. Could you open the door, please? No. Can I just, can I just lean in and whisper, whisper to Belsiar? Um, tell them, tell them that. Uh, the tell them that a thief was here and they magically locked the doors before releasing a terrible creature in here, which you're you're currently restraining. Did you did you hear that? But I mean, I'm whispering the, it. I'm we, whispering it. I'm whispering it to Belsia so no one else can hear. There's a a a thief got in. Yes. May have committed some light murder. Light murder? And he's not a thief then, is he? He's a murderer. <laughs> well, uh, I, I'm not a professor of law. Mi- uh, Mr. Garundi, are you in any danger? No, none. No, I'm, I'm very happy 
Uh, no, I, I mean, it's everything's fine, but the room is filled with a gas that's toxic to anyone except. So you're not. All right, don't worry. We will get further help. We will have more people here momentarily. Well done. Come on, Carl. As the um, as the Kenku nods at you and is like, Ta-da! as they both walk off. Okay, I may, I may have, uh, I may have, not. It, it didn't quite go to plan. Uh, I'm gonna. Ju- they I'm might gonna, be coming back. I'm just gonna look at Belsier and be like, just first rule of lying: just pick a lane and commit. <laughs> yes. Swerving, swerving around the lanes. It's it's not that easy. I'm 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 fine with lying, but I can't lie in character. I mean, what what would Al say if he was lying? That's that's the difficult thing. This is like Inception. This is Matt realizing he can't lie as Belsia. Belsia realizing he can't lie as Al. One of you's Tom Hardy. He had an amorous appointment last night, and today he needs to go to the doctor because he's got some kind of dragonborn clap. He's got the cloacal clap. Clappyborn. So oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna wait. Cloacal. I'm gonna wait until I'm gonna wait until um, the the guards have gone, um, and I'm gonna just. Pull the curtain slightly and look out the window. Can I do a perception check and look outside to see if there's uh, any guards or official-looking people around? Absolutely. Mate, well, uh, yes. Go on. It's more an investigation, I presume, at this point. Is it? Oh, okay. Uh, 17 again. 17. You look around. There's a milling. of. You know, it's early morning. It's probably like 10.30 by now. There's people milling around. Uh, you see the slowly decomposing form of Ermenfrau, the dragon turtle, with people just, you know, it's now about one half picked clean. You see the bones of Ermenfrau's face. Uh, some would call that a skull. Um, and you see lines of people running off with the meat. Um, you also see various customers uh, milling around, reading the sign and backing off. Um and yeah, just just the, the people going about going about their day. Okay. Um, so the body's on fire, right? No, the body just has two candles sticking out of its eyes. <laughs> no, just we set it on fire. Eye socket. I don't remember you. Were... No, we did it. That was supposed to hurry it along. I said Honash got his tinderbox out and was making a fire. All right. Okay. If you want to retcon it, yeah. Okay. Uh, Don't tell me it's fucking retcon again. <laughs> You're the one that fucking didn't listen. Uh, how dare you? I'm God in this scenario. Yeah, well, God's a piece of shit. Tatty feels a tight band across his chest. A crushing pain. You're going to feel a tight bond across heart. your dick in a minute. Wow. Oh. What does that even mean? <laughs> Tatty's appendix explodes inside. <laughs> Roof collapses. Everyone dies. <laughs> Tatty gets diabetes. Um, right. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, all right, get Hanash <laughs> to make me. Be, 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 be. What are we going to do here, AJ? How are we going to do this? Hanash is trying to make a fire on somebody. DM's mm. having a mare. The DM is not having a mare. How dare you? DM's having a mare. You shut up. Make me a nature check, as it's a nice. Uh, with Hanash. Do it with. Advantage, and Hanash is a man of destruction. Uh, that's a fifteen plus one is a sixteen. Yeah, 
So as you're worrying about what's going on at the front of the shop, you start coughing. You get a dry cough and you realise it's because there's an acrid smoke in the air. And as you look back down the shop, you see a black, horrible smoke is rising from a pile on the floor. As you see, Hanash has lit a bunch of magical clothes and has got them blazing as uh, Jeremy is <laughs> underneath. And you see, the, you see the flames licking up off this pyre and multicoloured as the magic that is burning is almost producing a chromatic effect, um, like, a, like a kind of firework. Um, this fire is blazing nicely, but it is starting to get a little bit kind of like uh, breathy in here. Like, you know, the, the oxygen is, is running out. As you hear Al behind the roller shutter saying, Abel, darling, can I smell burning? Um, I'm going to look over at Hanash and be, and be like, good job. Can you take out this window? Hanash is going to take out his uh, axe and go for the window. Okay. Nothing to worry about, Al. We're just making bacon sandwiches. Don't you worry. That's right. We all got hungry, very hungry suddenly. Yum, yum. Boy, it's been a long time since breakfast. <laughs> been a long time since breakfast. <laughs> as, as Al is like, darling, it, it, it smells like chicken. Are you roasting a chicken in there? Um, yeah, we, we, we've got chicken, uh, ham, barbecue ribs. Um, it's, it's a real shame you, you can't uh, join us. Just, darling, be careful with those candles in the window. Uh, there's a lot of flammable items in the store. Including Jeremy. I heard that. I will not be part of this. <laughs> Suit yourself. As yum Hanash yum. goes up to the windows, <laughs> what's Hanash using to try and break the windows open? Uh, the great axe. His great axe. Okay. Make me an athletics check. Sorry, I don't have my dice with me, so I'm having to use D&D Beyond. D&D Beyond, everybody. Amateur. You don't take your dice everywhere. Uh, 16 plus 7 is 23. As he takes a backswing with the axe, cracking it into the window, it resonates, doing no damage to the window. The vibration going down the shaft of the axe jolts his arm as he looks closely and sees that the window is burglar-proof and is more than just glass. And wood, it's enchanted mm. to prevent people ram raiding the front of Algarundi's shop in the night. As Algarundi has many items of high value, including jewels. Good to know. Is can we like at least open the window or open a little is there like a sash window thing that we can like open a crack? You you see along the top where there are you can open a tiny little slither. Like one of those little sash windows. You couldn't climb through it, but it will certainly allow a small amount of air through. Can I, I'll open that and then I'll use gust to try and blow the smoke out of the window. Okay. Yeah. If you want to expend some time, um, you see the acrid black smoke sucked slowly out of the room. You see it rising off the floor and being pushed out as concerned onlookers look as black, like, Thick smoke is billowing out of the front of the shop as people start pointing towards it, and you hear a small child saying, Fire! I shout, It's fine, just a little <laughs> magical smoke. <laughs> oh, okay. 
I like magic. Um, can I can I go over and try and uh, I don't know. I'm going to try and unlock the front door. I know it's got a magical barrier on it, yeah, but I'm sure. going to try and unlock it nonetheless. Um, what do you want? A sleight of hand check. Plus, you've got have you got lockpick tools, so you can add your. I've got yeah, I've got uh, thieves tools, so I can add my proficiency bonus. Boom. Oh, that's a hearty 27. 27. With a click and a clank and a pick and a click, the door finally cracks open as a gush of air hits your face, as does a ginormous sigh of relief come out of you as you crack open the front door. Can I gesture to the rest of the, uh, the, rest of the party? Okay, t- time to go. Come on, come on, Marvin. Come on, Barbara. <laughs> We've still got a body to dispose of. <laughs> it's on fire. You see, the back of the store is now starting to catch. The edge of um, the edge of Al Garundi's desk is now ablaze. As uh, you start all exiting out the front door, Belsiar, you're the last one out. As you hear a voice shouting through the roller shutter at the back, as he says, "Bell, Bell." I can definitely smell burning. Was it? Is everything okay? Can you get out of there, Al? No. no. <laughs> okay. I love you, wait, Al. Wait, Tatty's. Wait, Tatty's gonna wait. He, he locks himself in a room that he can't get out of. <laughs> I'm gonna. Sh- I'm gonna shout. I'm gonna shout, Al. <laughs> He's like, who am I speaking to? Seriously, I'm. I'm in the stock cupboard in the back. All I have is all I have is a series of snacks and a couple, a couple of magical items. As you shout down the shop, Tatty, you hear Al coming back saying, who is this? Who am I speaking to? Uh, only mildly offended, Tatty's going to say, uh, it's uh, Tatty Bojangles. Uh, we've, o- oh, we've, only, yes. we've only met twice before. I have your jewels in my hand. Um, yes, I'm locked in the stock cupboard at the back. Um, I only have uh, half a date loaf left and uh, two-thirds of a pot of baba ganoush. And quite frankly, things are getting a little bit toasty in here. Would you like me to unlock the door? I mean, I can I can unlock the door if you're telling me it's safe to come out. Um, maybe give it 15 minutes. Okay. And then, and then come on out. You can, you can hold out that long, right? Well, I, when, when, when you're asking me how long, how much date loaf I've got left, yes, I'm fairly sure this will keep me. Don't act like it's don't act like it's a joke, Al. I'm I'm concerned for your well-being. I mean, at this point, the entire back of the store is on fire. Um, like the various glass vials are cracking and burning off the right as you walk away. Um, Tatty, Tatty just wanted to check that he was able to unlock his way out of his own storeroom. <laughs> okay. Excellent. As surreptitiously remove yourself from the front of the shop, looking, black, acrid smoke is billowing out of the front door of the shop. As you look around, a crowd of people are starting to gather. As you look over on the edge of the square and you see um, Carl Sodomy and Don Woodcraft, the gnome and the uh, Kenku detective, are walking back now with a crowd of people behind them. They have various other officers um, and a um, city, city watch dog with them okay can we um they're a they're a good they're a good 150 meters away okay um can we around where the outside of the shop is yes if they're coming from 
kind of in front of us or like off to one side. Yeah, yeah, the opposite, the opposite corner of the square. Yeah. Can we tuck around the other side and look to see if there's like, um, I'm imagining like blocks with like alleys between Gilles. them or yes as you look up and down uh, looking in the direction which is away from them as they approach you diagonally across the square you see several shops down there is a small ginnel as we like to call them here in sheffield or to the rest of the world a passageway uh ginnel ginnel passageway whatever you want to call it there are various little passageways between some of the shops or you can carry on walking down the road on the main road as you're heading you would be heading in the same direction as tumescent's turbaray's seamstress shop if you were to okay. carry on down that road. But there are various I think we, ginnels. I think we, we, we come out of the shop and go in the opposite opposite direction, so into one of these alleyways to see if it'll take us further away uh, between other buildings um, and just try and stealth away, essentially. Okay. Melting into one of the passageways. Uh, they're quite tight. They're about a person's width across and quite dark. Even in the daylight, you can see, you know, not much sunlight gets down there and they're kind of damp and a little bit fetid. They smell of piss. You know that, like, partygoers at night often tuck down these alleys to relieve themselves. Um, As you wander deeper into them, you see that various passageways all kind of connect in a little kind of, like, courtyard at the back as you make your way into a courtyard, which has... Um, the kind of backs of various shops in it. It's got a, a clothesline with some clothes drying on it and a sort of table set up with a bunch of ladies yep. uh, hanging up washing as you walk through the centre of this sort of inner courtyard bet- on the backs of some of the... If you imagine all the shops come... To- all the backs of the shops come together in... Oh, yeah. So in terms of like the, the direction generally we want to be heading... I think we want to be heading away from the coast, so like into, like further towards the land, like outside of Nicodranus. Um, I don't know which direction that is in terms of where we are now, but if there's like you, you a, would, you'd be able to gauge that. Yeah. Um, if there's to get out of this little courtyard, is there like another? Is there like a little a little passageway that goes off in that there's, direction? There's two or three of them. Yeah, there's two or three in different directions. As you make your way to the one that would take you away from the quayside and deeper into the city, um, Belsia, one of the ladies, looks up from the pair of pantaloons that she's pegging to a line, and she says, Oh, my days, Algarundi! How are you doing, sir? Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just fine. Just out for a walk with my innocent friends. Oh, Always lovely to meet a friend of Algarundi's. How was your day last oh, night? What a what a hottie. Oh, good. If ever there was a man who deserved love, it's you, That's Al. very kind. I hope I survive, too. As she carries on, like, pegging some bloomers onto a washing line. I was, I was pegging some bloomers last night. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus H. Christ. Boom, boom. Um, as you... You hear some shouts coming from the passageway where you just were. You can hear, like, various feet running down the passageway. You, I guess you make your way out of uh, that passageway. And uh, what's what's your main aim, to get lost deeper in the city? Yeah. Well, like I said, we want to head, we want to head away from the quayside. Boom, boom. If this is heading towards the city centre, I want to I be heading in, the, in that direction with the, the goal of leaving Nicodranus, like... Not not by sea, essentially. I want to be heading the other direction. Inland? Yeah. We're, we're not running away. We're, we're strategically 
moving. Of course. Once we get past the um, the courtyard where the the pegging ladies are, uh, I'm I'm just gonna quietly say to everyone, uh, let's uh, let's double time it if we've got people on our uh, on our asses. Making your way deeper and deeper into the passages, um, you carry on in the direction that you think takes you further into the city as the quality of the buildings gets worse and worse uh, with the plaster work becoming damper and damper on the walls as you take twists and turns and where there are forks in the passageway you opt towards the direction that you feel will take you deeper into the city occasionally you hear shouts behind you as you keep pushing forward uh, once in a while lady stops to sniff at things as an interesting isn't it barbara of, it's barbara it's fine stop dead naming her uh every so often you stop to uh, barbara stops to sniff on interesting things uh one time she stops to sniff on a rather old looking prophylactic that's been left uh lying on the floor from some nightly tryst of somebody and another time there's just a body slumped over that barbara goes up and sniffs on uh you don't have time to to pause and check whether the body is in fact alive or dead whether the person is asleep or or decomposing you do not know as you you sort of corral corral barbara on as you make your way further into the passageway network as after a while you come out the back of the buildings and you find yourself in a much lower part of the city um as what was once stone buildings become shacks and huts um at first lean to on the back of what would have been the old city walls uh, you find yourself in a kind of tumble-down shanty town full of higgledy-piggledy houses and huts. Um, and you see again cartloads of meat of Ermenfrau being trolleyed this way and that way, with full carts going one way and empty carts going another, as the denizens of this part of the city look somewhat dishevelled and unkempt in filthy rags most of which are not wearing shoes. Cool. Um, can we see a, a kind of a pathway, I guess it would be? Uh, if it's kind of like a shantytown, I guess it would be kind of like a rough path. Um, yeah, yeah there's, there's, a, there's a mud path through the middle of it all. As you, as you walk, you see, you, you attract attention with your pretty wares. Not many people are as well-dressed as you are in this part of town. You're certainly turning heads, especially Al Garundi. Um, who is wearing a beautiful crushed velvet suit? I, I, when no one's looking, I, I undisguise myself. I'm still wearing my sparkly jacket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not out of Just the rags. <laughs> As you see, a little kid walks up to you. He's got no shoes on and he's just got like a kind of like hemp poncho. As he's like, that's well cool. Was that magic? You saw nothing, child. Well, I did. I, I saw magic. I pull a um a, a penny from behind his ear. I'm like, now this is magic. As he takes it, he's like, oh, thank you, sir. That's so kind. In many ways, it's stupid because this penny is worth millions here and will destabilize the economy of this shantytown. But thank you very much. <laughs> All the same. I'm rich. <laughs> As you just see him run off. 
Kid runs off and then gets immediately immediately stabbed. <laughs> you just see all the other kids run after him down an alleyway. He's like, shit. <laughs> How am I supposed to change a penny? Fuck me. I'm hot. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess we carry on. If there's like a, a, a rough path we can find, uh, carry on in the direction of like inland. As you make your way deeper in, into... Uh, this shanty town, you get more and more attraction off people. Um, as after a while, you realize you're being trailed um, by two rather larger looking individuals who are walking at a fixed pace behind you, watching your every move. Again, pretty disheveled, muddy, sores and pox marks all over them. Um, but they look like they're probably a little bit better fed than the average person here as they have some degree of muscle mass on them, each of them holding a uh, a weapon fashioned out of refuse, uh, a wooden stick with a sharpened piece of metal bound to it by a leather cord. Um, the other one has a kind of makeshift crossbow. Um, looks like it might work. Is it quite a... Is it quite a like crowded area where we are now? It's not crowded like a football match, but it's crowded as in there's people coming and going. It's quite hustling and bustling, you know, degrees of, you know, traders come in. Uh, there's shop fronts peddling, um, insipid looking fruits. You see a stall with a man just cleavering fatty pieces of meat of no kind of description. You think you see a horse hanging by a hook. Um, in one of the shops, uh, being jointed by a butcher. What's Maud doing in all of this? Maud's looking thoroughly depressed. She's not looking depressed. In a long day. <laughs> now that she's murdered, she's murdered Jeremy, and now she's not got any consequences of that. I mean, it was technically Marvin, and arguably in self-defence. So Marvin should be feeling pretty... Pretty bad. I presume Maud has picked up Marvin so that he doesn't get his hooves dirty. Well, Marvin, Marvin is now feeling like he's gangster. So he's still got he's the, the lines of blood across his little goatee cheeks. Um, Marvin has been staring longingly at Maud's headscarf. Right. So I'd like to offer him the headscarf. Yeah. And arrange it <laughs> in such a way so that it looks gangster on him. Okay. <laughs> Brilliant. So now he has... Classic, classic gangster accessory. So now he has a gangster-style hair wrap. Yep. Um, gangster-style kind of head wrap. And he is now sporting a patent black puffer jacket. <laughs> Amazing. Okay. He's looking better. As you look over, you see that the butcher is keeping a close eye on Marvin as he cleavers off um, the head of something that looks suspiciously like a badger. Marvin throws some gang size at some um, gang <laughs> at the uh, butcher and aggressively swaggers away. Marvin gives him the middle hoof. Um, yeah. As you walk further on, you see up ahead where the edge of the shanty town is. As you start making your way hurriedly towards it, making sure everyone is with you and you can see where everyone is, Aristobulus is like, do you know what? I get a really bad feeling about this and I'm far too beautiful for a town like this. Oh, God. This is taking me, taking me back to my gap year. 
Are the um, are those two guys still following us? Yeah, as you look in front of you, you see barring your way is another one of them. But he, instead of a guard dog, he has a giant rat with him as he stands across the front of the exit to the shanty town, and he's like, "We doing here? We don't welcome strangers so much in the stairs. You look lost." Um, yeah, we are lost, and we're trying to leave. So, if we're not welcome here, we quite like to leave. All right. You pay the toll, you can leave. How much are we talking? 50 gold. What, per person? Well, it wasn't before, but it might be now. Don't give them ideas. <laughs> I say, if it's 50 gold for all of us, you can have it. If you want 50 per person, you can get stuff. Call it 100 Marvin's going to start you. snarling. 100 for all of us? I'll give you 100 gold. Now, can you tell these two behind us to get the fuck off us? He looks at them, he goes, first the gold, and then I... Tell him to stand down. No, no. As he tickles the rat, the rat, for all of it looking absolutely feral, responds quite well to his tickle. There's obviously an affinity between this diseased-looking giant rat and the beast. How big master. is the giant rat? Is he bigger than the goat or no? Oh, God, yeah. Uh, the giant rat's about the size German Shepherd. Smaller than, late, smaller than Barbara? Yeah, Barbara is big. For a wolf, Barbara is... is yeah, Bar- Barbara is not quite a dire wolf, but she's heading in that direction. Um, mm. Barbara, Barbara and the rat eye, eye each other very suspiciously. Um, I'll take out the hundred gold. Um, Can't we just, you know, give him the old uh, crunk fuckers welcome or the, the crunk fuckers goodbye? I mean, I guess it's your gold. As he leans out a hand, um, you see this kind of filthy... Like mucky hand which has sores and poxes and cuts on it as he's like you see where the exit is come on i'll give him the hundred gold um i'll make sure barbara doesn't attack the rat as well takes the hundred gold off you looks at it does the classic chewing on a coin to make sure it's not made of chocolate chewing on each coin and then uh <laughs> one <laughs> two <laughs> as he he nods at you and he nods behind at the people as him and the rat Step to one side. As he looks at you, he's like, it's been a pleasure. Come back any time. The stairs always welcomes a good cool. payer. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll be back to take in your many, and I just gesture down the street, your many sights. Yeah. Oh, about- We've got Michelin-starred restaurants. We've got all sorts here in the stairs. So oh. much culture. I think these are more Michelin-man restaurants than Michelin-starred. <sighs> and then I just scurry boom, off. Boom. Come on, everyone. I, I, before boom, boom. before we go, I say, uh, at least for our money, if anyone comes after us, tell them we were never here. Who would be or, looking for no, a pair on. of pretty looking kids like you? Uh, no one. But if if there are is Creepy? anyone, we were never here. That's another twenty gold. If you want me to lie for you, oh come on, we gave you a hundred. It's fine. I'm letting you go without a fight. You want me to lie to you? That's extra. I really don't care. That's fine. You don't need to do us any favours. All right, then. As okay. he turns and he watches you, all three of them now on a line, watch you to the to the edge of the shantytown. Now they're going to say that we were here just to spite us. I, I, I grumble to myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm really imagining that in Algarondi's voice instead of instead of Mel Sales. <laughs> Looking as you reach the edge of the shanty town and where the countryside begins on the edge of the city, you look back and over the top of the shanty town you see the old city walls. And sitting proud over the top of the city walls, you see acrid black smoke licking up in a straight line from where you've just walked, as occasionally multicoloured flames lick up high in the air. And that's where we're going to take a very quick drinks break. Because everyone needs a refresh. My guy. Everyone needs a refresh. Right. Back in a minute. True crime, conspiracy theories, political ramblings. There's none of that on the brand new Adventures Anonymous Patreon account, where we do have exclusive content for our Patreon subscribers. Maps, artwork, and flash fiction from the AA Cinematic Universe. Puzzles, one-shots, and interviews. Live streams with the Adventurers Anonymous cast. With a Patreon subscription from just £2 per month, it's a great way to show us you care. Because we care. Go to patreon.com and search Adventurers Anonymous podcast. Hello, my precious blueberries. What's happening? Is this identity theft? Identity theft is not a joke, Matt. Millions of people suffer. (laughs) I am Chris Neal, the dungeon master of the popular podcast. Uh, He's he's stealing all of our identities. Oh, yeah. Right. Picking up where we left off as the adventuring party flee the city of Nicodranus. Looking back, once again, leaving a city partially, even in a small way, on fire. Seems to be their calling card. As having left the stench of the shanty town on the edge of the city, the shanty town known as the stairs you ran into, a bunch of the equivalent of enforcers uh, who also had the uh, tried and tested guard animal, the giant rat, to try and strong arm you into giving them some coin. And rather than picking a fight whilst being pursued by the city guard, you opted to pay the toll. So you've made your way to the edge of the countryside and... A certain relief washes over you as you look back at the city and all of the humanitarian crises that you started in that city. Although for you, Belsiara, it is tinged with a degree of sadness as... I was going to say, this this isn't relief for Belsiara. This is, does everything I love die in literal fire? Yeah. You've now not only lost... Uh, the otters, you've also lost your virginity. I think I think once we're safely out of out of Nicodranus, the the kind of danger mode goes off. Um I think Tatty's going to, if I'm not mistaken, the closest port town is Port Zoon. Yeah. Where we've been before. Which you burnt down part of, yes. Mm. Yeah, where, where, which towns are we welcoming, and which ones? <laughs> we could we could either go to Port Zoon, or we could go on a little bit further to 
Phelan, I think it uh, is, that's which is the one that's... Believe. Let me just pull up the map. It's just a little bit further up from Port Zoon. Basically, because the other two Emmentals, uh, we have to sail out to sea to go to go get them. Both the other Emmentals are out at sea. Um, as you've got the notebook and you have perused it before and spent time researching it, I can simply remind you, the fire Emmental is at the Everplume underwater volcano and the water Emmental is out in the Swavian Isles in the diver's grave. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to get us out of Nicodranus uh, and not have our escape be um, hanging on the fact that we would have to find a boat to get out. I just wanted to get us out of Nicodranus to another port town. So yeah, I guess I say I guess I say to everyone we can either head for Port Zoon or Phelan. Those are the two closest places that I think Phelan. I assume because Phelan is by the coast that it has a port. Yeah, um, it'll, it'll have degree of different ships coming and going. Some commerce, some fishing, some privately owned. As you make this plan, Aristobulus comes over to you and he's like, "Is this the way of us?" Are we always going to leave in disgrace? Our tail between our legs, walking away from flames and smoke. I mean, if the fire blanket fits, let's just... I mean... One day we'll, we'll, we'll not have to leave in uh, ignorance. That's not the word, is it? I mean... Ignomity? Ignanimity? Ignacity? <laughs> what I'm trying to say, Aristobulus, is inflammability. Things, one day things will change. One day I'd like to sow some seeds, and I'd like to watch the fruits of those seeds grow. And you know what? I'd like for the tree not to burn down. It would be lovely. My magic hands. Look what I did to her dick nose. <coughs> we can. We have the power to do things for good. On a on a related note, I, just to double check, we did get the money, right? Yeah, the jewels. Good, good. Because I looked at my. Why did? Why did? Why do you think I was so willing to pay a hundred gold just to get the fuck out of the yeah, city? Yeah, that's that's good. Well, at least we at least we got something out of this horrible. Um. So I guess it's I guess it's it's up to you guys if we go to we can go to Port Zoon where um the consequences of our past actions may catch up to us, or we can go on a little bit further to Phelan and try a look there. Just find a boat and sail out to get the other two Emmentals. What did we do in Port Zoom? We burned down the furniture store. Well, we have to wear disguises. Are they looking for us? Um, I don't think they can link it. I don't. I don't know if they're looking for us. That's it's kind of unconfirmed at the minute. It's a shorter walk, right? It's up to you guys. You were supposed to be rescuing Toad Flaps, um, Lefnoin's Belchcrack's daughter, in Port Zoom. Um, you do, you do still have I'd, I'd, a family crit. I do have a vested interest in in going in going to Port Zoon at some point. Uh, that that kind of got cut off a little bit the last time we were there. Let's go to Port Zoon. You can go there if you want. Let's go to Microsoft's least favorite piece of hardware. Port Zoon. Ah, yes. My favorite thing about the Zoon was long after it had failed, someone pointed out that if you hold a mirror against the Zoon logo in inverse, it says anus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which you can easily Google. Any one of you, if you Google Zoon Anus, 
It's got to be one of the. I'm on a work laptop right now. This is not a good it's, idea. It's got to be one of the most. Oh my goodness! It's got to be yeah. one of the most famous logo fails of all time. It looks like a joke logo from like GTA or something. Yeah, no, sad, like a company not, called Anus. Microsoft didn't realize that their, <laughs> their flagship. Not a noose. Ah, the Microsoft Zune. What a piece of shit. Right, good. That's another sponsor burned. Fantastic. Right, as as you're all like... We're, we're an AWS podcast. Have the, <laughs> yeah. Boom, boom. Yeah, right. Any, any, boom, boom. Any kind of sponsors <laughs> who do want to come on board, please feel free. We, we are not... We're not proud. We are poor. Uh, we will happily accept sponsors uh, from pretty much any industry, to be fair. Um, Apart from Gary Glitter. I'm not sure paedophilia is an industry. <laughs> yeah, we don't want Gary Glitter. Total ban. You can never be too sure, AJ. It's always good to just put a blanket no on the paedophilia. No Peter Express. No Prince Andrew. <laughs> We've only got one rule. All that glitters doesn't produce gold. That's that's it, right? If you are sparkly, we're not interested. <laughs> right, good. There we go. Now that we've got all the paedophile. What time? What time of what time of day is it? Now that we're kind of out and away from Nicodranus. Judging by the rumble in your tummy, you would say it is approaching lunchtime. Okay. Nothing to do with the fact that the sun's um, Just just from the. The bubbling, yeah, yeah, sort of. Rumbling. I have an innate sense of I should I should be eating it's about right lunch now. O'clock. Um, Your blood sugar levels are getting dangerously low. I think we head for Port Zoon, um, and if we need to make camp in between, we will do. But I think as it's as it's lunchtime, I've got some rations and stuff. We can we can keep going for now, or if you guys want to stop for a little bit, I'm good with that too. Uh, I think we need a little rest. We can do a little rest. We can do a short rest. Get some, uh, get some lunch in us, and then and then carry on for the rest of the day. Yeah, I think we need. I'm good on that. Okay, is that your plan? Are you are you taking a rest off the roadside? Yes. Yeah, I think we. I think Tatty's gonna like lead everyone into like if there's if there's like a a, a, a forest or something around the near the path. Try and get off the path by like a few degrees. Find somewhere that's find somewhere that's safe. There's some moorlands, so you see kind of scrub bushes and things like that to one side, and there's the occasional tree. Uh, but there is kind of like on the moors, there is like bushes of bracken. You know the kind of green ferns that kind of shoot up from the ground, and actually, you could quite easily lose yourself uh, amongst the the leaves of the fern. Yeah, they're quite thick. And they have a nice canopy. Yeah, I think we find somewhere if there's if there's somewhere like that that's not too far off the road, but uh, gives us a little bit of protection, I guess, from from prying yep. eyes. Um, I'm happy to um, I'm happy to take take watch if people want a a, a short rest. Um, I think I I think I'm at full health. I can't get my spell slots back on a short rest anyway, so. Works for me. Okay. Is there anything in particular we'd like to do whilst you're having your little short rest? Uh, Belty has a little cry. Oh. Just, just the emotions catching up with him. Rocking backwards and forwards, the emotions, the sudden release. A single tear, a crocodile tear, rolls down your cheek. <laughs> as Takes out the vial of blood and like... Ar- 
you've got the vial of blood from um, you've still got the vial of blood from Al Garandi yeah. around your neck on a on a leather thong. Um, it is actually a thong. It's not a cord. It's a, <laughs> it's an actual leather thong. Oh, uh, Al like Chippendale, a la Chippendale. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think Tatty's not in the same way that. Uh, not in not in the same way that uh, Belsiar is, but Tati is like. Now that the adrenaline's gone, he's 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 uh, pretty depressed about how how that went down in the Katrana. Um, yeah, Tati's pretty um, pretty sad about how everything went down. Could have could have gone better. Um, he's just. Um, just like absent-mindedly fletching some arrows. Oh uh, wow! While he keeps watch, he's just doing something menial that doesn't take much brain power. While he while he examines everything that happened in his mind. Okay. Barbara walks up to you with her new leather armor. She's got her pointy snout on it. Uh, she tries to nuzzle you, but it's not quite the same. It's not quite as affectionate. Getting nuzzled by a leather war dog. Um, she's, war dog. And she's like, thank you very much. Oh, no, hang on. She, you can't. Yeah. She's like, ooh. <laughs> 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 like Scooby-Doo. <laughs> you get the idea. You get the gist that she's grateful to you. She's it's like, just, ooh. it's just, it's just, it's just how surprised the wolf, the wolf howl sounded compared to the, the, the casual tone of the Ray Winston voice. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, the problem is that leather chafes and this leather hasn't been broken in yet. So she's got she's got a number of sores and welts where it's been rubbing her flaps. Um as she 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 comes to spend some quality time with you. Belsiar, as you slowly cry, uh sitting on a half rotten log, you feel an arm go round you. As you look over, the arm is greasy and sticky. As Aristobulus is like, I know what it's like to lose a loved one. Uh, you, you... You do. You you've also had uh, lost your virginity in a in a one night stand, and then ended up involved in a goat based murder that ended up with you setting fire to your lover's shop and having to flee town. I mean, it's more complicated. The tailor's oldest time. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's more complicated for me. I mean, technically, I lost my virginity to an owl bear. On a school camping trip. Um, but, like, I have loved, mostly myself, um, but I, I, I think I did find love with um, Theolian. It's important. He made me feel special and warm in different places. And then he was snatched away. Well, he, he, he sacrificed himself for all of us. In the same way that Al Garundi sacrificed himself for what he believed in, as Maud stole from him. Say that again. Well, you know, you stole off our friend, ruined Belsiar's love life, endangered us. You know, I'm not saying I'm perfect, but an apology would be nice. At that point, on command, I'd like to go behind a bush (laughs) and relieve myself of the earrings. Okay. Good. Um, make me a nature check. 
Thirteen. Thirteen. That's, that's comedic bells. Yeah, hanging. I mean, you you squat and drop, and uh, you 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 lay a log. Um, you have a few. At first, the clasp gets a little bit hooked on your sphincter, but it comes out. Um, thank God they weren't bigger hoop earrings. Is all I'm going to say. As in and amongst the mulch, you see two shining bits of silver. Uh, I think the problem is is that Mordor's got quite a delicate stomach. Ah, quite a delicate stomach, and unfortunately, the uh, the silver-plated earrings are not real silver, and they have disagreed with her internal workings quite considerably. Right. So I would like to scoop up (laughs) this curry. (laughs) The curry. This this liquid curry. Oh god! It's very loose curry. I'd like to scoop it up with both hands, and I'd like to walk over to Aristobulus, deposit in it, deposit it in his hands, including earrings, and say, "You are welcome." He watches you the whole time. He watches you. <laughs> <laughs> as you you splutter like down into his hands, as he looks down. Um, at the hot chocolate <laughs> in his hands uh, with the two silver earrings floating in it. Clumpy mocker. I've, I've learned the hard way not to look a gift horse in the mouth. Um, <laughs> is this a gift? Yes. He looks over at you, Belsiar. He's like, does swallowing a magic item and shitting it out count as a tuning? I'm asking for a friend. You, you can't... You can't make you can't make Aristobulus eat shit. Something that's literally covered in shit. While Lewis isn't here, <laughs> I'm drawing a line. I'm drawing a line. This is the this is the line. That wasn't what I was saying. I was saying Aristobulus is asking, has it technically attuned to Maud because she's kept it inside herself for the last? Don't they have to be activated? Probably. As as he's like. He's like, I will take were, this as a gift in kind as he lowers his hands full of shit into a puddle. Um, and I don't what they were. As he pulls the two earrings out. He's like, can I keep these? Yes. Yes, they, they work Aww. even better from the inside. That's, I'm not eating them. Uh, I might wear them on my nipples, <laughs> but... <laughs> Worth a trick. <laughs> That's all Belsia's thinking. Belsia's like, oh, dear God, a small child. Just imagine how poor the Nicodranus economy is now that one of their hardest-working youths, every, every industry has lost an apprentice. Let's, let's, let's be fair. He's not a small child. He was 15. You can't call him an infant. Yeah. He's still illegal. That doesn't, that doesn't fly. And he was a very troubled He was a very troubled. He was a drain on society. He abused a swan once. Who hasn't Also. He abused he abused animals. Swans aren't real. Jerry Steph has opened up at least a dozen entry level positions for the for the young people. Yeah, all right, Rishi Sunak. Uh, Jesus Christ! You're not allowed. You're not allowed to get angry at him just because he's right. <laughs> all right, okay. What we are going to do? We're going to quickly flash forward. Um, going to flash forward fifty years into the future as um, one of the richest entrepreneurs and um, owners of stock and wealth 
who has come out of the slums of Nicodranas, who started when a man handed him a penny, which instantly destabilized the the slums out the back of Nicodranas, and he is now one of the biggest landowners. You, you've definitely changed the course of of um, of that landscape across the view, but we'll we'll come back to the present for now. As as all of you hear a noise and a kerfuffle coming from back on the road. Tati's going to do a quick scan round perception check. I don't think you really need to make me a roll as you, as you poke your head out subtly. As a master of disguise, you've got two bits of bracken tucked behind each ear as you poke your head out the front <laughs> of the bush. Um, yeah, with little, little poo-stained stripes. <laughs> yeah, just crouching underneath bushes and then like appearing elsewhere, but with like more ghillie suit on yeah, me every time. Absolutely. Just like... you've, you've rolled around in the faecal puddle. At Aristobulus's feet, as you come um, commando crawling out of the bush, your little gilly-covered head poking out of the front of the bracket. Um, you're so subtle, there's a wild hare just sitting next to you, um, chewing on a leaf as it looks over. So calm and so good are your skills of stealth. As you look out, you see a horse-drawn carriage on the road with two horses out the front. As a man who was once the driver, or still is the driver, is trying to buckle the horse back onto the harness as it's come loose. As you hear a voice from inside the carriage say, Charles, can we hurry up? Come on, what's the delay? Um, unique, uniquely qualified... Wait, did you say to buckle a horse or to shoe a horse? Buckle. Okay, not uniquely, uniquely qualified. In fact, uniquely unqualified, as I'm so short. Um, Tati's going to... Just like give everyone this, give everyone the signal to to stay where they are for now. Uh, Ty's going to walk out um, and just say, "How's it going?" Uh, Charles is like, "Oh, Jesus! Please don't just walk up to someone like that. You give me a fucking heart attack. How are you doing?" I'm good. You having some um, you having some trouble with the horse? Yeah, well, you know, one of them bucked loose. I'm just uh, tying it up. All right. You know, sometimes the horse is pulling in opposite directions, just came out of his harness. Can I, I don't know, make a ha- an animal handling check or something to try and, like, distract the horse while he puts the buckle back on it? Uh, yeah, you can make me an animal handling check, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 16. 16. Um, as you walk up to the edge of the horse, reaching into your pouch, you pull out a ration of some sort or another and lift it up towards the horse's mouth as the horse completely annoys... As the horse completely ignores the ration and starts chewing on part of the um, hurriedly uh, assembled camouflage, you've tied bits of like bracken to yourself as the horse starts munching on part of your ghillie suit <laughs> uh, and is clearly quite taken with you. I'll just I'll just like rip pieces off of it and, and give it to him while uh, while Charles is trying to rebuckle the horse. Yeah, the coachman is like, oh, much obliged. Thank you very much. Ranger is a bit of a dick. That's the horse. This, this name's Ranger. Yeah. Cool. Ranger, and this one over here is called Tiddles. Ranger and Tiddles. Yeah. Ranger's a bit of machismo, complete twat. Dick like a baseball bat. Tiddles, on the other hand, bit limpy, bit gammy, bit of a whinger. But together, what a pair. Ranger and Tiddles. I assume they weren't from the same family line. I don't know. I'm just a coachman. I don't fucking know. Well, I look like a horse breeder. If I could stud, I wouldn't be driving around the aristocracy, would I? I don't know, man. You do you. 
Do I look like a man who wangs off horses? No, no, I'm not a stud farmer. Okay. Uh, what can I help you with anyway, little little man? Well, I mean, is the, has he managed to buckle the horse back on? Mostly, yeah. He seems to have just about finished his job as he's talking to you. Nothing, really. Uh, I'm just I'm making camp just off the road. I, uh, I gesture in the opposite direction to where the camp is. So ah. I'm just making camp just off the road. Uh, I heard you. I heard you coming by. I thought I'd um, thought I'd check it out. Just make sure make sure you were all right. Yeah, we were all right. Just leaving Nicodranus, heading up the coastline. Just unbuckled. Cool. Uh, we uh, we um, were heading the same way actually. Me and my uh, me and my uh, animal companion Barbara. As uh, you see ahead of this grey-haired elderly lady who is looking thoroughly drunk at this time of the morning, sticks her head out the window and is like, Charles, what is... Oh, a gnome. This quite plump lady in a kind of velvet dress with a jewelled brooch on it. Can we skip to the part where Hannah starts chewing her up? Yeah, I don't know how he usually gets through this 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 awkward middle point where like he, we introduce them to where we start chatting them up. So if we could just skip to that part, that'd be better. Too close for comfort. What can we help you with, no little gnome? So lovely to see some of the local wildlife. Is there anything we can help you? If we rub your head, do you make a wish? I don't know what what happens with gnomes. I'm not. I'm not. No, uh, nothing. Nothing to see here. Ma'am, you uh, you go back to your uh, uh, you go back to your your beverages. No need to worry about it. She leans. Uh, she's got a ginormous gin glass. So she's like, "Can I can I offer you a drink? One for the road?" Yeah, I'm never going to say no to a drink. What are you having there? Hop on up. As the door opens, as Charles is like, "A lady, I, I don't think that's a good." Charles, get back to your job. As the the footstep comes down and the door opens, as you go up, the inside of it is immaculate, sort of crushed velvet seats. And you see like a miniature drinks cabinet, like bolted onto one wall. She's like, well, what is your poison? (laughs) Uh, Can I look for the strongest possible, strongest possible uh, alcohol I can find? Anything close to moonshine will do. Or navy strength, rum or whiskey. (laughs) She's like, would you like a hand up onto the seat? As she reaches out a leathery hand to you. Uh, yes, please. That'd be that'd be very helpful. Thank you. She 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 gives you a hoik up onto the seat. As she's like, do help yourself. As as you look at various bottles, um, perusing the labels, um, you see um, something called a um, cow's best bitter, which purports to be a 23% bitter in a bottle. 23%? <laughs> I don't think I've tried this vintage before. Cal's best bitter, you say? Cal's best bitter. As you look at the bottle, um, it says 23%. As she hands you a bottle opener, you crack the lid off and it pours more like golden syrup, but it is unmistakably alcoholic um the head is thick and foamy and is flecked full of um bits it's not the finest beer you'll ever see in your life but it's incredibly strong she's like 
Oh, good choice, yes. Uh, that was my father's. We've been saving that for a special occasion. Nobody would touch the shit. Glad for it to finally found a good home. <laughs> I do apologise. I didn't, I didn't realise you were, you were saving this. No, no. More of a gin lady myself. Fully pickled. Oh, by the way, Lady Wixley. As she reaches out a velvet-ensconced, leathery hand, as she's like, Ah, oh, dear. I don't get to talk to the locals very often, so this is a bit of a treat. Hmm. Yeah, I would imagine so. I'm going to reach out a hand. Um, I'm Tatty Bojangles. Uh, I'm going to uh, very quickly give a, a loud whistle uh, to see if I can summon the rest of my companions. Elsie immediately jumps out of a bush and shouts, Stand and deliver! <laughs> With, like, fire on each hand. Like... <laughs> she's like oh a robbery how quaint as she just starts pulling out like cash as she's like oh how much do you want i do love good entertainment oh oh please uh, Char- please please put your please put your money away charles uh, is looking very the- worried at this point charles is like lady wixley we will have to get you back to your husband i i say please please lady wixley that's not what that's uh, that's not what's happening right now uh nobody is coming to rob you i just wanted to assure my companions here that i'm safe and i'm being treated well and i hold up the i hold up the the bottle that she's given me um Belsiar sadly unloads his finger guns and puts his finger guns back in their finger holsters fantastic as lady wixley looks out of the window she's like well what do we have here a gnome a crocodile, a brute, some sort of demon, and a pervert. Fantastic. <laughs> As Aristobulus is like, got his ass out, uh, still, tr- still trying to scrub some of the uh, earrings wrapper off his hands. Uh, he's he's uh, just trying the earrings on different parts of himself. Um, as parts of his anatomy, as, as she's like, well, what a ragtag assorted group of uh, individuals. That we are. We're um, we're on our way to uh, on our way to Port Zoon. Uh, got some got some business to attend to over there. Can I tell her that we're a um, we're an interpretive dance troupe? <laughs> she looks at you. She's like, "Oh, well, this just gets better and better." Well, I'm off to Wixley Manor, which is which is just above the Olin. So, would you like to come along with me? Maybe I could. You know, we could. Do each other return. You could um, offer protection on the road from brigands and bandits, and uh, maybe in return I could offer you a tipple and a tail. Um, at this point, Marvin would like to. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Matt have got like a full PTSD right now. Marvin would like to appear from behind me and just with a faint kind of. Uh, a very, very faint limp. He'd like to hobble forwards. A very sad look in his eyes and and a faint limp with, with a very soft mouth at the end of it. She looks down and she says, My God, your companion is looking grim. Is he okay? Um, Marvin and I look at each other. We, we have a secret look. And I uh, say, yes, yes, he... He's doing okay. He's just very weak from our journey. Um, he's only little, and and his spirit is very fierce, but he's very gentle. As she climbs down from the carriage and walks over, she kneels down, getting a spot of mud on her velvet dress, 
as she's like, oh, adorable, I do love a needy one. Charles, get the first aid kit. Let's see what we can do for this little rascal. Um, as Charles comes down and tries to bandage Marvin's hoof. Uh, Marvin would like to slip in between them and nestle his way into the carriage. <laughs> as she looks over as Marvin has just entered the carriage and just started doing that thing that goats do where their shits are just little, like, pebbles. Like, there's just, like, a little mound. <laughs> that, of... that thing that goats do where they shit. <laughs> their, their shit always comes out looking like chocolate raisins. And she's like, well, Charles, you know what you have to do. And Charles goes and gets a dustpan and brush. As Wixley, Lady Wixley is like, well, I would be delighted if you would like to join me for a little drive up the coast, if you don't mind. Maybe you could provide me with protection, and, and in return, maybe I could offer you a coin and a drink. You do me a good turn, I'll do you a good turn. Sounds good to me. I, I'm happy to, happy to keep a lookout, make sure, uh, make sure no brigands or bandits or, uh, or creatures um, descend upon the carriageway. That sounds good. Um, as suddenly there's a neighing sound as you hear a <laughs> as Ranger geese up on his hind heat hind heat as as Ranger giddies up on his hind feet as the the horses are spooked as Charles goes to grab the reins you just see Pacato standing in front of the <laughs> horses looking ferally at them as she's like see see what I mean already. A bandit on the road. Dispose of him. I, I give Pukato a little wink, and um, I, I throw a, um, I throw some seeds at him. Pukato comes scuttling along the ground as the horse is calm, as Charles just rubs a hand down the nose of each horse, calming it. Pukato comes skittering across the ground, excited to see what you've thrown out in front of it, looks down on the ground, picks up a fistful of seed, puts it in its mouth, crunches, and just a look of sadness over his face as a carnivore. He just slowly spits the seed out the front of his mouth, very sad, and just feels like he's being told off and scuttled back up your robes, leaving a brown mudslide up one leg of your sparkly um, thing and climbs back into your pocket as Lady Wixley is like, right, no more delays, all aboard. Yeah, Tatty's just going to, like, look at everyone else and load up, everyone. Looks like we're back on the road. Are we sure the five of us... I'm, I'm assuming it's a big carriage. Well, I mean, there's room for maybe three or four in here and maybe one or two of you could... One of you could ride up front with Charles and, you know, maybe two of you could sit on the footboard at the back and protect us from um, rear attack. No one likes getting penetrated from behind. I'll take one of the outdoor uh, seats, if only to not hear more details of, of whatever story inspired uh, Lady Wixley to say no one likes being penetrated from behind. <laughs> she hobbles with her cane uh, back onto the carriage. As you take your cow's best bitter, uh, still drinking it, you sit on the backboard. Who else is sitting on the backboard with Tatty? Anybody? I'll sit on the backboard. You two sit on the backboard. Marvin in inside, I presume, with... Yeah, Barbara, Bar Barbara will go inside as well. Barbara and Marvin on the inside as, as Lady Wixley's like, oh, a petting zoo, how divine, marvellous. Uh, Belsia, Aristobulus. Aristobulus is sitting up front with Charles. Charles is hugely uncomfortable with this. Charles is, 
is a man who's worked hard to make his way up the career as a coachman. And, you know, he, he's a coachman to some of society's finest, as Aristobulus is just trading filthy stories with him. And he's looking hugely... Um, as long as it's an even up. trade, it's, it's fine. See Aristobulus rolling up like a, a tobacco like roll-up, which is about four atoms thick, uh, as a sort of, you know, puffs away on it, as the rest of you are on the inside of the coach making small talk with Lady Wixley. As Charles cracks the whip, the wheels turn, and Maud, Tatty, as you look back at the city, you just see a billow of smoke slowly starting to dissipate as whatever fires were in the city are slowly going out as the smoke drifts across the top of the city and off towards the sea as the coastal wind blows away whatever traces of you were in Nicodranus. Tatty's just, Tatty's just like muttering almost to himself, but obviously like Maud can probably hear him just saying, I'm sure he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. Maud would like to just put a hand on Tatty just to comfort him. <laughs> to push him off. Are you feeling okay? <laughs> What's this sudden display of affection and emotion coming from Maud? Is she well? There's always a game plan with Maud. There's always a game plan. She contains multitudes. She certainly does, listeners. <laughs> Call me Legion. <laughs> <laughs> As, oh. God, that's a biblical reference. As oh, we just see... Aristobulus just slowly adding the two earrings to his pierced nipples, along with all the other religious paraphernalia and symbology that he has. I'd like to believe that he had to pierce his nipples with the earrings. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Charles is looking very comfortable. Very comfortable? <laughs> Charles is looking very uncomfortable as Aristobulus slowly pierces his own nipples. Hey, at least it wasn't his nose. It's true. At least it wasn't his foreskin. Right. Um, and on that note, we're going to draw a line under this absolute debacle. Um, probably, you know, I'm I'm disturbed by some of the stuff that we've we've said tonight. I I might need therapy. It'd have been worse. Could it though? Could it? Right. I was going to make Aristobulus clap. You're going to give Aristobulus the clap. <laughs> God. Right. Come on. Let's draw a line under this amazing shit show. Literally. We just uh, want to say to listeners, thank you very much for joining us for another episode of the Adventurers Anonymous podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another dollop of fun-packed fantasy fuck nuggetry. Seeing as you've made it this far, why not consider hitting that subscribe button and never miss another episode again? But yet, if you're feeling sexy, why not give us a five-star review on whatever podcasting platform you are on? Only five-star reviews. Anything else you can you can leave on, like, TripAdvisor or something. Uh, all your reviews and recommendations go a long way towards spreading our name across the land and raising awareness of this little podcast. And we are very, very, very appreciative of that. Um, don't forget, we've got Patreon, where you can find all sorts of exclusive content, one-shots, maps, artwork. Uh, there's currently artwork there of Picato, which I don't think is available anywhere else at the moment. So go and check that out if you get the opportunity. I think we have various tiers, whether you want to give £1, £5 or £10 towards this podcast. Anything would be appreciated. Um, if you fancy chatting to us about anything that we've said over the course of this podcast, you can find us all over the social medias. We're on all the usual ones, Facebook, Instagram, um, 
we're we're on Twitter. It's still there. Elon hasn't destroyed it yet. We're still on there at Adventurers A N O number one. So that just leaves us time to say a massive goodbye from all of us. It is a goodbye from the Crocoborn himself, Mr. Matt Durant. Farewell, my delightful gooseberries. <laughs> That's someone else's line. That's copyright. God fucking damn it. And it's a big goodbye from Mr. Neil himself. Goodbye, my precious blueberries. So you said that with, you see, you've got to find a new line now. I feel like that's a spell CR's line now. <laughs> that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, this is claimed. He fucking stole my line. I don't need to come up with a new line. It's not on me to come up with a new line. It's like, Listeners, help it's me. Like, get in the comments. Get in the comments like, and tell Matt he's a dirty, dirty thief. It's like Troy Dubbin's secret handshake. <laughs> Phenomenal. Right. We took it, and now, now they have to come up with a new one. And finally, it is a goodbye. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. 100%. <laughs> I'll kill you in your sleep. All right, that's good. If anything happens to... <laughs> if anything happens to Matt Durant, we'll know who did it. Right, and finally, it is a massive goodbye from Chanel. Goodbye, my stabby kiwis. Stabby kiwis. Stabby Kiwi. <laughs> Jesus age Christ. I like bad. that. I like that one. I like that one. That's fun. All right. All of these will become T-shirt phrases at some point. We'll get all these emblazoned on stickers, T-shirts, caps, key rings, bumper stickers. Right. Any last words from you deviants before we say goodbye to our listeners? Do you want to sing them a tune? Mm. <laughs> I'm feeling spicy tonight. Brought to you by the a cappella uh, elevator music band. <laughs> Title pending. There we go. Goodbye, listeners. Hopefully we'll see you back here next week for more improvised fantasy folk nuggetry. But in the meantime, remember... Stay tipsy. Stay tipsy. Fuck you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.